Listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with the new baby. I'm Elise McAllister, and this is the Kickass Jen Laird over here. Hi. Oh, you're so reluctant about being the Kickass Jen Laird. Okay, I got a question about this whole idea of Kickass. <laughs> I know you to be nonviolent. It's true. And I know you to be someone who uh, likes consent. So (laughs) kicking me on my bum or ass seems like you haven't a asked. uh, Why is that a good thing? Wait, I didn't say I'm going to kick your ass, Jen Laird. (laughs) I said you, you are... Kick ass. But if you think about it for a second, how is that a good thing? I'm not saying... How is it good to violently touch a private part of someone's body? I'm not saying you're kicking someone's ass. Well, you're Uh, just kicking asses. And and that's a good thing? I'm just (laughs) willy-nilly out there kicking asses. But maybe they are consenting asses. (laughs) (laughs) Jen is willy-nilly kicking (laughs) out there, willy-nilly kicking consenting asses. Woo, that is Uh, quite the tongue twister. And why is that a good thing again? Violence? Huh? Huh? (sighs) Why isn't you are an empathetic, encouraging Jen Laird rather than kick-ass Jen Laird? Just for a second... I hmm. see a hole in the English language where we've taken something to try to make it good, and it's really not. <laughs> so there Jeez, you go. Jen. Thanks a lot. I know. I'm bringing it down to yard. Wow. I just called you kick-ass, and you just... I took it there. Cue intro music. Oh, well, Jen might not be kicking ass, but we want your birth partner to kick ass. And so today... Or other words, be empathetic, brave, and encouraging. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! But for the sake of more easy to read on... Well, we use the term kick ass. We'll just use the term kick ass because, boy, that would be a lot to type out for the show. You know, like, today's episode is how to be an empathetic, amazing, encouraging, compassionate birth partner. Yeah. No. Slash husband, wife, friend, mom, neighbor, male person. What is it about that neighbor? I know. I love to, I love to put neighbors and male people at the birth. (laughs) Awkward. I know. I I have never had a neighbor I would invite to my birth or a male person. I don't even know my male people. Oh, yeah. No, definitely wouldn't. No, no, no. I mean, I love my neighbor and all, but he can't come to my birth. I don't live in that kind of neighborhood, though. No, no, no. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, We're kind of excited about telling you um, a little bit about our thoughts on how to be a supportive um, birth person, as a partner, not person, (laughs) how to be a um, supportive birth partner. Um, We're going to do a, first of all, um, a lot of people uh, have people, uh, whether that be a 
partner, husband, wife type person. Who Male is, person. Is a intimately involved in their everyday life and is in probably a long-term relationship with them. And then others um, choose to have babies without a partner. And so um, we want you to be able to interchange whoever this birthing partner encouraging person <laughs> might be. So um, we're going to stop being so wordy and just use the word partner. Yes, we are. <laughs> but in insert whoever that might be that that person might be okay we yeah. want to make sure we're inclusionary here to all the different important folks who um, are supporting people in labor so here yeah. we go so let's let's dive right in yeah. Elise. well we've been hearing some things though so um actually so this episode we want you to hear if you're the birthing person but we want you to also make sure that your birth partner is going to hear this episode too so We'll be watching for double the the listens this week. We, we got Ooh. our eye on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And birth partners, when you're done, please let us know on social media, Instagram, Facebook, that you listen to us and be sure to follow us. But, you know, uh, give us a little comment. Elise, I'm raising my hand. Oh, yes, Jen Lynn. Since we have just encouraged all of um, these partners to be listening to this episode, and just in case they don't listen to the whole episode, can we start with our closing statement? Sure. Okay. Um, we want you to know, birth partner, that we believe in you, that there's a lot of um, encouragement that's giving to the person who's going to have the baby. A lot of empathy, a lot of like, here's all your choices. Wow, you can do this. We believe in you. You're so strong. You're so strong. You're this. amazing. And we absolutely believe all those things. And we sometimes feel like the birthing um, partner doesn't get that same type of encouragement, respect, whatever it might be. And so we're looking at you right now and we're saying those things to you. We're saying we believe in you. We know that it is not an easy feat to support someone in labor. Um, and we give lots and lots of time to encouraging that person who is birthing this baby. And we get that. And we're unapologetically though, looking you in the eye birth partner and saying, thank you. We know that you are working hard to show up at this birth, a new experience, and um, to be your best self there. And it's an unnavigated experience. You might feel a little insecure or a little like, ah, gosh, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I want to do this right, but gosh, what, what do I do? Or you might be in the camp of like having taken all the classes and you've got the dog-eared books with the little, <laughs> um, you know, pages turned down so you can flip to it. Or you might be like, can I just not faint while I'm in that room? Yeah. We see all of you folks, and we want to say that we believe in you as well, and we know that this is, um, it's a challenging both physically and emotionally experience, and we want to pat you on the back as well and go, you got this, and we believe in you. Um, so, Jennifer Laird, I just got chills. Oh, really? I did. Oh, good. I did. And, you know, we said that there's a great possibility that, you know, if you're the intimate partner, the the spouse, the, you know, the the other parent of this child, perhaps, that there is, whatever the relationship, there's a good chance that you love the person giving birth and this baby more than anybody else in the world. Yeah. And when you have these two people in the world, 
that you love the most and they're in one body and they're working so hard and you can't take any of it away. Yep. You can support, but you can't take the hard work away, the pain away. You can't shorten the time. You can't change the process or the decisions or make the experience different for baby or the laboring person. That is so challenging. Yeah. And you feel a loss of control potentially. And maybe even alone in it because there is often the support is focused on the person in labor, the medical staff, the midwives, whoever is there caring for, for the laboring person. And so know that we see you and we see we see you. We really do. And we're we're there with you and we understand that role is so hard and and important. And so important. And we're this is going to be a two-part episode because there's so much about this. We're going to talk a lot about self-care yeah. for the birth partner in another episode because we think that there there's a lot of processing your role that needs to be done too yeah. and a lot of caring for yourself. And I think in a respectful way, I would hope um these people who are pregnant would be able to hear us saying it's not about the person having the baby or about the person supporting. There's actually enough um, attention, um, respect, um, empathy that we want to offer to both folks. This isn't a scale. This is not a competition. This is we see you in your unique um, place that you're at. And I want to make sure that we're not making it sound like there's some sort of scale. We can actually give attention to all the people. Um, I love all my children equally. I can see their life struggles differently. I can sometimes like one of them more than the other, (laughs) but it's not actually about a scale, right? There's enough of my my love for all of them just in different ways. So that's where we're coming from today. All right, let's jump in. So we got some tips. Be yourself. Yeah. Don't try to show up and be somebody else there. So (laughs) you don't need to be a different person. So don't try to be the yogi meditation whisperer. If you're not normally. Right. Don't be the cheerleader. If you're not the cheerleader. And you don't need to wear your superhero cape. If you're not, I mean, you don't need to wear your superhero cape ever. Just be your best self. Be your best self. So um, this birth in person, she likes you. She loves you. She lives with you, most likely. Again, we're going with that language here from here on out. Um, And uh, that is the expectation of you showing up to this birth and actually being somebody else that you're not normally. It's going to be off-putting rather than a good thing. Right. right. It's going to take away that intimacy, actually, if you show up and you're the, I'm going to read in a book, like, say things like, you know, um, connect with your chakras and you're not normally that person. Right. So be yourself. Show up and be yourself. And that's all you can be. We're going to give you tips on how to be your best helpful self, but we're we're talking more of like, you know, being the raw raw cheerleader when that's not normally who you are in the relationship, you know? Um encouraging words, yes, but not like go, 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 do this, do this, do this. Right. If that's not what you usually do, don't do it in that birth situation. Please. Yeah. I'll just be annoying. 
Yes. And you don't have to be a director if you don't know exactly what's going on, too. Because there are lots of people that do know what's going on who can direct when you can just be the, that's right, babe, you've got this. If if the laboring person's your babe. (laughs) Compassion and empathy, it goes a long way. Oh. Oh, man, it goes so far. Um, compassion is so valuable. Just yeah. having somebody who sees you, right? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. says, I know how hard you're working. I yes. know how amazing you are. It's back to those sweet nothings that Jen was just talking yeah. about. That says, you know, hearing somebody say, oh, honey, I'm so proud of you. You've got this. I know you can do it. Just, just take another breath. So this is a new experience for both of you. Um, this laboring person didn't go into labor knowing what this experience was going to be like, unless potentially they've had another baby, they have a little bit more of an inkling, but also every labor is really different. Mm -hmm. So in that same way, um, you can provide empathy, not knowing what this experience is like. Um, empathy is choosing to be alongside someone and not saying, yes, I know what this is like. So empathy is being with someone in both words and presence. Sympathy is more from across the room going, oh, that looks really hard. Right. Maybe not in that kind of tone of voice. But there's a subtle difference here. She doesn't need sympathy like, oh, that, oh I'm so sorry. That, may, that must be tough. But empathy is actually with the person and it's reflective too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and not a, you know... It's going to get harder. You haven't even seen hard yet, right? Like, really? It doesn't strike me as empathy. No, 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 for sure. So really being there with, because you have no idea how hard it looks. I think, you know, what you see on a birth video, if you've taken some birth classes, doesn't give you a true understanding of what it feels like inside of the body while you're in labor. Right. So. So be present in the moment. Sure. Here's a secret. It might get harder. I mean, in early labor, when this person says, I'm not sure if I can do this, probably not say, yeah, I don't know how you're going to do this either. It's just started. But rather, that's okay. We're just going to take it one one contraction at a time. We're going to be with this breath and this moment, things of that nature, and not saying, yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to (laughs) work. You know, this is early labor, uh, remember. Um, But I think being in the moment with, um, with your partner rather than trying to jump ahead or jump backwards either. Oh, that's such a great point. You know, really being right where she's at with it and not letting your panic fill up the room. Um, I've certainly been at some births where the laboring person is – is actually coping, but the partner is like, oh man, oh man, this is so, this is way worse than I ever imagined. Whoa, we all need epidurals. Oh my goodness, there's no way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you might feel like you need an epidural, but certainly the room doesn't need your panic. Yeah. Right? So finding a way to channel that panic, whether it's catching a nurse yep. and, you know, chatting with your nurse in the hallway, Having a family member or a friend mm-hmm. that you can call, taking a step outside to get a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Those sort of things. So checking in with somebody. I'm thinking of a very empathetic partner who um, she was coping well um, and he was doing a lot of pacing back 
and forth, back and forth. And there was times as as the doula, as a support person in that um, experience where I would go up to him, put my hand on his shoulder. Are you doing okay? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm great. And then a couple times I'm like, hey, do you need to use the restroom? He's like, yeah. Is it okay if I do that? I'm like, yes. Please go down the hall. And, um, you know, it's okay. Splash some water on your face. You're good. I got this. And then even her, he was like, okay, babe, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after he leaves the room, her going, oh, thanks for doing that. Cause he is really nervous. I can tell. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be helping him out. And then she went back into her own experience and her own coping and all of that. And then later on, um, I noticed like, gosh, he needs to eat something. He hasn't eaten anything for a while. I'm like, hey, why don't you go down and get yourself something to eat? Does that sound okay? He's like, yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes, please go ahead and do that. I will definitely reach out if anything changes. She was totally on board for it. So I'm using this as an example of somebody who really was emotionally tapped into what was going and present and yet holding some of that um, anxiety that he was experiencing. He wasn't being a jerk no. at all. He no. was being so incredibly loving. He was. Absolutely. But it was not helping her at all. No. And she noticed that and wanted him to be feeling um, there wasn't an expectation on her end as well. And I think due to that, they were able to experience um, this birth very intimately. And yet it wasn't all him touching her the entire time. It was him coping, but also being intimately involved. So it's going to look different for everybody. And I think even as you hear Elise and I reflect some of these stories, these are unbiased stories we're telling. We want to make sure we're giving you some examples of how it didn't work for some clients and I'm sorry, for some birthing folks. And we're also wanting to give some examples of like, this is how it worked well, because looking at a birth of someone who feels really supported does not necessarily mean that partner was in the room 24-7. That's true. Absolutely. In fact, it's often, that's such a great thing to to take a break. It can be really helpful. Absolutely. We know of a couple who, um, two moms, one was uh, laboring and working yeah. really hard and the one who was not birthing really wanted to be so supportive that it turns out she never went pee and oh, then afterwards was like oh my goodness I didn't pee for what eight hours oh Did no it was pay? more like 12 to 14 12 to 14 hours she didn't pee or eat or meet any of her needs and in the end of all of this if you guys are the pair you yeah. know if you're parenting together in this you know, the person who gave birth has to heal and the person who did not give birth needs to take care of baby and the birthing person. Like we can't have the person who didn't give birth trying to fully recover as well, Absolutely. just as much as the birthing person. We need everybody to be in their best place. So, so hear us say it's okay to go to the bathroom. Please pee. It's even okay to pee down the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Meet some needs. Like, you don't necessarily need to go to sleep for eight hours. That's mm -hmm. probably not the best plan unless there's an epidural on board and everybody goes to sleep for eight hours. If the laboring person's working super hard and she needs support, 
you probably shouldn't go to sleep for eight hours unless there's a plan for that. Right. So how do you take care of yourself? Um, We're talking about potential, you know, going to the bathroom. Um, Whether you're in a hospital situation, a birth center, or at home, we need you to eat as well. Right. If you faint, you're not helpful. No. And I know that... Not meeting your needs feels like, well, we're in this together. I don't want her suffering, so I'll suffer too. Uh-uh. That, no. no. No, no, no. She doesn't notice whether or not you've eaten, so she doesn't feel like, hey, we're in this together because I'm suffering alongside you. No, what? No, that doesn't work. What? No. So <laughs> no. Um, let's speak to the hormones. You don't have the hormones as a non-birthing person, as the partner, that um, she does. So she's got some awesome endorphins that are fueling her her um, ability to cope um, and you don't get those actually yeah. you just get tired because you lack of sleep being engaged in an emotionally challenging new experience potentially some not knowing of what is this normal is this not normal um, and then physically too I mean, you're you're up and moving around, and you might be massaging, or you might be pressing on the back, or doing lunges, lunges or uh, exactly. slow dancing together. All these different things. So that actually takes fuel, and the human body was created to need energy input. Yeah. And if it doesn't have that energy input, it actually becomes really difficult to recover from a big experience. Right. And the laboring person actually really needs to eat too. Yeah. Um, we talk about this in near all of our shows that talk yeah. about birth she needs to eat and you know she's not going to be eating a lasagna where actually you shouldn't either because probably that yeah no, no, no. but please That's make sure you're smell. eating something so it is a good idea for you to pack food if yes, you're please. not birthing at home that you can eat please please do not pack stinky food can no we just salmon. talk about, yeah, I was just going to say, can we please talk about some foods that we've seen or have heard about that are not. Number except- one on that list? Smoked salmon. Uh-uh. Don't, don't be bringing your smoked salmon. Right? Uh-uh. Unless that, she's eating smoked salmon, then you can also partake. I don't know that I've ever in 14 years seen anyone eat smoked salmon at yeah. their own birth. Yeah, probably pretty low likelihood there. So yep. um, I'm thinking smoked salmon. I'm thinking um, Doritos <laughs> at a particular birth. Where, it's really um, crunchy. Yeah, crunchy. And it's a big smell. Um, so Fried chicken was oh, one. Yeah. Be thoughtful about that. Um <laughs> I'm also thinking um, food that might cause you to have a little more gas that might be odorous than typical. So, you know. Or bad breath that doesn't go away with a quick brush. I'm thinking garlic, something. Onions. Hold the onions already. Hold all those onions. Yeah. Let's not order the – I I have seen folks order uh, – there's a – a uh, sandwich at uh, one of our local hospitals, two of our local hospitals that comes with jalapenos. Oh, yeah. That's been a popular one. And I'm yeah. like, mm, don't That's order that. Yeah. 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 So think about that smell um, and think about really portable foods like having a granola bar. Um, Elise and I, as we support folks, if um, a surgical birth is needed um, and often that kind of, you know, there's 
it can change fairly quickly, meaning there's not time to order room service um, before we're going to go back for um, to the operating room, First right? And so it's real quick, grab that granola bar out of your bag and eat something. Even if you're not feeling hungry, um, the sights and sounds of an operating room can be a little... What's the word I want there? Um, disorienting? Oh, yeah, overwhelming. overwhelming. It spikes your adrenaline. Yep. And if you did eat something too already, maybe grab a little – I always like to have a bag of gummy bears or fruit snacks yep. for the partner just to get their blood sugar up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It really helps with the fainting. You can't eat in the operating room. I mean, it's like a no foods allowed back there. That's fair. Um, so quickly grab something before you head back if that becomes a part of your story. Now, if you're at a home birth, great. It feels there's a different sort of feeling there because you are in your home own home. So yeah. it's your refrigerator. It's you going and making a sandwich for yourself as needed. Um, it's potentially laying in your own bed for, you know, taking a half hour nap to um, rejuvenate yourself, making your own coffee in your house, those types of things. So, yeah. yeah. So sometimes when we don't eat and we're feeling tired and, um, we're just getting a little bit crabby, we can start to feel grumpy about things, the process, Mm -hmm. how long it's taking. Sometimes it like something that a nurse or somebody says can kind of sit wrong with us, or we start to feel like, ugh how long is this going to take? Or, gosh, my back is really hurting because I've been leaning over this birth tub yeah. rubbing her back for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and maybe you had different expectations that yeah. are not being met. Energy in a space like birth really can fill up a room. And I know Jen just told a story about somebody's anxiety in the room, but also grumpiness can really mm. fill up the space. And grumpiness is a challenge when somebody needs to feel oxytocin oxytocin is the love hormone right we need to feel warm and supported and happy and good and if that changes to grumpiness we don't have a whole lot of oxytocin flowing yeah um and that's what brings on contractions so keeping that grumpiness at bay so meeting your needs that keep you from being grumpy And again, taking those same kind of breaks, Mm -hmm. communicating where you need to communicate and uh, just really doing whatever you need to do because that can spike some fears. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember hearing a story when I taught birth classes about um, she was having a birth center birth and she saw um, two midwives say something to each other. And I believe it could have been anything from... You know, who wants to grab Starbucks for us to, um, you know. I'm concerned about fetal heart. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, should we cancel the clinic for the day? Right. But uh, some of the, actually, it wasn't her. It was somebody in the room when some of the family members saw it. And they started feeling like, oh, my goodness, they're whispering because they're worried and they're not telling us anything. And it grew into a big thing. And they started telling her. That they were really worried and nobody spoke up about it. Wow. And nobody asked questions. And uh. she picked up on the panic and it really kind of slowed things down for her. So mm. being aware of how your feelings can affect the birth. Yeah. So had they just asked the providers, yeah. is everything going okay? Or how's baby? How's how's mom doing in this yeah. case? Yeah. You know? um, I think we can 
safely say that whether you're having a home birth or a hospital birth, that the people that are um, managing the situation, the people, the professionals, um, the medical staff, they will let you know if they are concerned about the health and well-being of mom or baby. Okay, I, I'm. I know I'm making a very big statement, mm-hmm. but um, that, in our professional experience, is something that we we feel firmly. We notice, right? Whereas you are there getting the care, and you've never been in this situation before, and sometimes there's that that question of, is everything okay? Oh no, what's going on? Is everything okay? And that from a birth partner frequently can raise those feelings of fear in the person birthing, right? So I think we're not trying to say shut up and keep it to yourself. <laughs> we're actually, we're, we're saying, is it possible to you to go over to that provider and on the side, ask a question? Yeah. Um, is it, I, I know that machine over there is beeping a lot. Is, is that normal? Totally appropriate question to ask, right? Um, at a home birth, you know, Elise gave this situation, like for that partner or those family members to actually say to a midwife, I know this is odd, but I just kind of saw you guys chatting. Are you guys concerned about anything? And then being able to say, you know what? We're actually just ordering Starbucks. Everything's totally cool here. We are going to let you know. Like, don't let that fear, um, I think, rise up. So we want to have this balance, I think, of yes, get the information, and yet don't every couple of minutes go, is everything okay? Wait, what's that sound? Is everything okay? Trust the providers in that space that they're going to let you know when things start to deviate, if they do, from normal. Um, In that same vein, I think we're um, wanting you to ask questions so that you're not feeling this like internal, oh no, during the birth. So remember that you picked your providers and you picked them for a reason. And thinking about who's in your space, you pick them for a reason too. If they don't trust in your birth, then you need to think yeah. about who's going to be there. Yeah. All right. We live in the world of social media, immediate communication, oh. phones in our back pocket, the uh, internet. The in internet. Our uh, tweeting. What else can we say? Instagramming, Facebooking. All the things. Live videos of. It makes all of it, it a little harder, my friends, when we have the constant communication with all the people around the world globally at our fingertips in these lovely devices. Back when I had <sighs> babies. We had we were in labor and there we are walking down the hall getting out our phone card <laughs> to call the family to say hey long distance of course because um, there was such thing as long distance back oh, in the what day is that thing you and speak a phone of? card that you'd buy and replenish the money there's on. gonna be people listening to the show who have they're like no what idea are what you're you talking even about? talking about and so we're like hey we're at the hospital she's in labor and letting people know. And those folks, they didn't see pictures. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. They didn't get video they of your birth during not, the actual uh-uh. birth. There was no live tweeting. There was no texting. <gasps> they waited. So what are you saying, Jen? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I'm just comparing and contrasting. I'm not, I'm not putting any judgment on it. I am. 
Okay, what I'm what I'm giving a tip to here though is please don't live tweet or um, live Facebook message uh, your birth to all the folks because what that does is that takes your intention and your focus from the person having the baby and puts it onto the people outside of that room. Yes, this is your birth as a laboring person. I'm sorry, as a partner, be there. All those other folks can wait, my friend. Honestly, who cares? It's fine. They will find out when they find out. An occasional, like, everything's good, sure. But we're not talking staring at the phone. That is annoying. And We've seen a lot of it. That birthing person is not feeling like the focus is actually on the experience that they're having. It's about the others who are not in that room. If they needed to be in the room, they'd be there. Right. So they're probably not supposed to be there. Nope. So please, it's okay to turn your phone off. Oh. I'm so mean, right? No, you're not. I I mean, but here's where it comes down to, Elise. I think that we are encouraging folks to let people know before they get into a birthing situation, we're probably not going to text you a lot of updates, you guys. You're just going to have to wait. And remember, birth is long. Yes. Yes. It's not three hours, typically. So people can't be mad at you if you, well, I mean, they can be, right? But that's just stupid. But let them communicate with them before and say, hey, guys, we're, we're not planning on doing a lot of updating to folks. We'll, we'll let you know when we know. Um, that's, that's how it's going to operate. So there's a little tip for you. Yep. All right. Moving right along. Let's talk practical tips. Okay. Okay, what can you do to be helpful aside from what we've told you? Okay, so at some point, you're going to shift from early labor, which I think episode two of labor so, or of uh, partner support, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about early labor, and we're also going to talk about postpartum. But for now, we're going to talk about when you become, when, when active labor starts, there's going to be a shift. Okay. And... Things are going to get serious. Now, in early labor, things can often be fun. You get to be funny and distracting. And then there's the sudden shift. And it's really important to pay attention to how the laboring person responds to you. The jokes aren't so funny anymore. Right. Watch her face. Read her. It's like reading the room. Pay attention to how she responds because she's probably not going to be down with the comedy show anymore. Right. It's not about distracting anymore. It's about allowing focus for the birthing person. And there's a big difference there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So many times I have seen partners just lovingly try to crack jokes and get the evil stink eye of like, I want to kill you for making a joke of like, oh, babe, does this remind you of the time that you stubbed your toe when we were hiking? No. Actually, it doesn't. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yep. So um, also notice when it's time to stop talking. As, yeah. As much as Jen and I love to talk, yeah. we also get pretty darn quiet at births. Yeah. It's not time for a conversation. Yeah. So take those cues. Um, okay. We're Let's jump ahead to um, some practical tips on associated with where you are 
physically during the birth. So there you are, early labors moved quite along, and now you're transferring to your birth spot. So thinking about whether you're headed to a birth center or if you're headed to a hospital. So typically, if you're headed to a hospital, you're going to first um, end up in a triage room, um, a small Small. Let me so, say that one more time. Very small. Small room. It's got a bed. Yeah. Like a small bed. Very small bed. And, and a monitor and a counter and a chair. And they're all... There may or may not be a little chair for you even. Yeah, um, that's true. Very small spot. So... Um, typically you're not in there for a super long time that's more of getting some vitals and checking in and so on so when you arrive at the hospital if you're birthing (laughs) if you're burping i mean birthing let's try that again okay so when you arrive at the hospital if you're birthing at a hospital you are going to go into a triage room and that triage room is going to be tiny it's a little closet it's basically a closet with a really small bed that's not so cozy. Yep. And it might have a chair. Maybe not. Yep. And it's got a monitor and it's got a counter maybe. And just enough space to walk around the bed. Yes. That's it. They're going to listen to the baby. They will get some vitals on the laboring person. Possibly do a vaginal exam. Yep. And then they'll either tell you to go home. Aww. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay, that's the truth. They'll because either tell you... you to go home or you'll be admitted to the hospital. So if they tell you to go home and you are the, la- the birth partner, your job here is to look right into that laboring person's eyes and say, I know that's not what you wanted to hear. Yeah. But you've got this. Let's go home. Let's get some rest. Let's have some food. And let's keep going. Yep. 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 This is, again, another one of those times where we want to keep the energy positive. Recognize her feelings and then keep the energy positive. Yep. And then if they're going to admit you, then that's great. But while you're in there, there's a lot going on. Not just in triage, but when they're getting registration going as you're getting set up in the room there's a lot happening taking vitals listening to the baby for a while setting up the iv all of that is happening there's a lot of commotion it's really important to remind the laboring person that it doesn't stay that way forever sometimes there's more than one nurse in the room yep the lights can be bright because they need light for putting in an iv you can't do that in the dark yeah um so this is a really good time to be her rock Um, keep her focused on her breath because there's a lot happening at this time and to remind her things will calm in just a few minutes and um and then when they do when things do kind of settle then you're going to go over and probably turn those lights off dim them if you've bought some um little led um what do you call those candles? Candles. Those little little battery guys. operated candles. Tea lights. Tea lights. Oh, but the I word. like the big ones too. Okay, fact, whatever. Can I just say, no matter where you're having this baby, get some of those. Yeah. I was at a home birth recently, and they even had some of them, and I was so happy that they weren't just flame candles because mm. we were changing rooms, and it was really nice to not have to worry about flames. I was really happy. 
I like oh, that. Oh, at the home birth. I was like, not in the hospital. You can't no, have a No, no flames in the hospital. No nope. flames. Yeah. So yeah. really, I love those LED candles. And there's some really great ones out that have little fans that make the, the oh, fake yeah. flame move. Yeah. I yeah. just love them. They look so real. So get some of those. Those are great for lighting in the mm-hmm. room. Music might be a nice distraction slash helping her to cope. So you got that nice little playlist that you guys have created. And you might throw that on. First, of course, ask, hey, what's music do you think be helpful? Which playlist would you like me to put on? Maybe some scent. If oh, Wait, can we pause on that? Oh, yeah. What? So if she's having a contraction. Oh, yeah. Can we just have a little acting out moment here? No. Yes. Jen, you want to act this out? You want to have a contraction? and Or you want me to? You can have a contraction. Okay, ready? And you're going to ask me about my playlist. Okay. Oh. Hey, Lise, would you like me to turn oh. on some of that music? Would that be helpful right now? Oh. Okay, you didn't see this, but I just flipped Jen off. Oh. In other words, you should wait until the contraction is over, and we're in between, and then you can ask a question. Yeah. Like, do you want me to plug in this, what do you call those things, the, the smelly... Um, D- essential oil diffusers? Yes, that thing. Do you want me to plug this in? Hey, well, do you just want... do it. You don't even have to ask. Do you want some lavender hand cream? Because that scent could be nice. Yeah. Um, or just do it. Like, yeah. is this okay? Here, you don't need a lot of words. Right. Because she's not going to be able to answer you back in a lot of words. So know that one or two words, totally fine. Awesome. Like, here's some music. I can turn it off if it's awful. Great. If you want to put on some music just turn it on if you want to make a playlist go ahead make your big long playlist but if you don't have time for that youtube some yoga music or meditation music it's fine great okay so um you're also practically you're gonna hydrate her you're gonna have um some water probably water or other beverage, but probably stick to water. And then um, after she's had a contraction and she's back down and kind of doing her breathing, then you're just going to put that straw to her her lips and say, straw at your lips or water. And then all she has to do sip. is sip. Yeah. But none of this, hey, babe, are you thirsty? Do you want anything to drink? Oh, man. Mm-mm. And I feel like this is something I see a lot at births where I see a partner like, hey, honey, are you thirsty? Can I get you something to drink? What do you feel like? Mm. Nobody while having contractions or in contractions at, when they're far enough along at their birth has the ability to say, hmm, I'm feeling like a little apple juice right now. Or could you give me some of the orange Gatorade? Nope. It's they usually close their eyes and they just shake their head no. So just getting something and saying, here's some orange Gatorade. Yeah. Um, Also, I want to back up just a little bit. We're saying a whole lot about if you're arriving at the hospital. If you're having a home birth Mm -hmm. and the midwives are arriving, you can also know that, no, you're not going to be going to a different place, but there's going to be new faces showing up and there's a lot of commotion there. Right. It's really normal for your adrenaline to go up with some of these new faces and contractions can kind of slow down just a little bit no one's coming into your birth and seeing things slow down and looking at you thinking well you told me over the phone that your contractions were four minutes apart and now they're further out than that liar you were faking 
they know that this happens. They've right. been to other births. This is so typical. We hope they've been to other births, but yes. Right. <laughs> you are not their first rodeo. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but you've done your homework. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so other helpful tips. Um, we want you to get into a rhythm and a ritual here. You're Wait, gonna... tell me what? Okay. Rhythm and a ritual. So it's something that you're going to go, you're going to notice that, that the laboring person's doing. Let's say she's rocking her hips back and forth or she's tapping on something or she's shaking her head or the way that she's breathing. And as she gets into active labor, sometimes those, um, the, the ritual, the thing she's doing, the tapping, the moving, whatever it might be, that she can lose that at the top of a contraction, that focus point mm-hmm. that she's been doing. So how do we bring her back to that rhythm? Yeah. And one way to do that would be to say, that's the way, okay, keep Go going right with that, that movement. Yeah. Um, keep it going just like that, where you're drawing her attention back to the thing you noticed she was already doing. Yeah, because that's her known in this right. kind of sea of unknown, right? She, that's the thing that is getting her through each contraction. And right. so if it's this breath that she's rocking to, and then she kind of panics and loses it, you're going to say, right back to that breath, babe, right back to that breath. Keep yeah. rocking. And then she focuses in on that because that takes that focus and attention, mm-hmm. right? So we're not distracting. Again, like Jen said, it's about focus rather than distraction. We're yeah. bringing her right back to that focus. So this might also be a great time to do some massage. She makes a comment that, oh, man, my back right here. Oh, it really hurts. Great. Take the fist of your hand and push it into that spot in her back that's really hurting. Um, Do a double hip squeeze where you're taking a hand on either side of her hip and you're pushing towards the center. Mm -hmm. Um, Opening up those hips. Yeah. So So let's talk about massage for just a moment. Sometimes when we get interviewed as doulas, people will ask us if we have a background in massage. And I have this little pause for a moment because... We don't need to have a background in massage to be great doulas because we are not pulling out massage skills uh, as doulas. I mean, we've got lots of experience with massage, but we are not doing deep tissue massage. No one is. A Nobody mas- is. A massage Even- therapist at a birth would not be doing a deep tissue massage in the same way you would just go for a massage, right? No, absolutely not. That might sound really great in everyday life, but it's not what you want in labor. What you want is boring and predictable. Right. Nobody wants a tickly massage, mm-hmm. a light, stroking, surprising massage. Um, that sounds odd. A disorganized massage. Oh, that sounds terrible. Meaning your hand is on her back, but it's just like rubbing all over the place. No, no, up no. Up and down, up and down the rhythm is what her essentially her brain is going oh wait that feels really nice let me lean into that signal and the other part of her brain is going whoa that's uncomfortable what's happening in my serve in my cervix in my uterus whoa that's uncomfortable so what we're trying to do is tilt the balance here of oh that feels nice and predictable ah i like touch yes oh i love that like there there's a little 
You're trying to make one louder than the other. Exactly. That's yep. the whole point of that's what the candles are for. That's what the music is for. That's what the scent is for. That's what the touch is for, is getting that part of our brain that's like, oh, that's nice, and helping that to be louder than yes. any other sensation we are feeling in our body. Exactly. So you don't have to be an amazing massage therapist to be able to be a great support person in Absolutely. labor. So nice, boring massage and usually a little pressure to it, especially in the lower back. You would be amazed at how much pressure you can put on the lower back. I use, it's funny, Jen uses her fist. I use the palm or like the lower part of the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. What is the name of that right there? The lower part of your palm of your <laughs> hand? I don't think that's, I mean, maybe it's got a fancy name, but that I don't know. That is not the focus of anatomy in our uh, midwifery school. We did not focus on that. That, that area of your hand that's uh, to the south of your fingers, that part. <laughs> the furthest south of your fingers on the palm of your hand. Before your wrist. Right, right yes, there. there. So pressing down right there on really low in her back. Yeah. I could, I mean, really, like somebody could possibly stand on someone's lower back like that's how much pressure we shouldn't don't do that don't do that but you can put so much pressure you'll be amazed your arms will get tired so it's nice to have somebody to tag out with too there's also some feedback that will come from the birthing person to say ah mm, too much too much or ooh, over to the left a little bit or harder yeah yeah okay so um cold compresses yes The power of a cold washcloth on the forehead. Oh, yeah. Um, Please do that. I used to call it the doula superpower. Oh, yeah. The cold washcloth on the forehead. Oh, it feels so good, doesn't it? Two places. Forehead or on the... Around the back of the neck. But you know what I really... Can we call that to the nape of the neck? I don't know. Or you know, I, I, I don't know anymore about anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing that I've seen with folks who are really hot during labor is that I'd take a cold washcloth and then I'd just run it on, um, like, on their arms, yeah. especially, or even just on the chest a little bit, the upper chest by your neck, mm. because that um, little bit of uh, moisture going to evaporate and help make you feel a little cooler. I usually do it right <laughs> over their eyelids. Oh. And on their cheeks okay and maybe even um like right around their mouth yep um yeah. and even under their chin like just a light face wipe just yeah. it feels so nice i i love having my face just cool um so that feels really great so let's do some quick positions that you can guide the laboring person into real quick um so here's some just key one that you can get her into that can be really helpful. Slow dancing. We're mm. not talking. Well, we are talking like junior high slow dance. This person's going to lean in, put her head on your chest, <coughs> and slow dance. You're going to move back and forth. Even better if you guys both have a little lunge going with you. Yep. Maybe even put her foot up on a short stool or something. Yeah, that's um, great. If you're at home, the coffee table is nice. It's higher, but mm-hmm. um, something like that. Hospitals often have a little footstool that they'll have available for you. Getting on hands and knees, whether that be um, if you're at home, just on the ground. Yep. It's fine. Um, probably if you're in a hospital situation, getting on the bed on hands and knees is a great idea as well. Oh, if you're a yogi... Bring your yoga mat, mm-hmm. and you can get 
on your yoga mat on the floor. And I think there's something about getting on your yoga mat hmm. that reminds you how to breathe and yeah. be in your body. Yep. I think there's just really something to yep. that. If you're in a hospital situation, you can bring the bed uh up because they're usually electronic so you um, bring that all the way up put some pillows on there and then lean over onto the bed and then you can sway your hips from side to side and that also if you're uncomfortable in your back got some lower back pain that gives nice openness to your partner to put some um, pressure on the back the lower yes back. yes if you're at home pile a whole bunch of pillows up um, whether that be on like the counter in your kitchen that way you can kind of slightly lean over mm. and um, be supported by either a counter or even a bunch of pillows on the bed and then lead over onto those pillows I love it yes um, so let's see um, and have a birth ball if you buy one thing during your pregnancy for your birth buy a birth ball we're talking a big um, bouncy exercise ball. size yeah. yeah bouncy exercise ball you can go to all the different like TJ Maxx Ross those sort of places <laughs> Amazon Amazon Target. You don't need to pay more than 15 bucks for it. Oh, yeah. It. Not There's... expensive. And often they come with a little, um, what do you call that? Pump. The little pump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the motions over here at the pump. Yes. Um, Make sure your knees are at a 90 degree angle when you're sitting on it, though. It needs yeah. to be the right height for you. So... Make sure that you're not on your tiptoes or that your bum isn't below your knees. That's really important. And sitting on that exercise ball, you can kind of do um, figure eights yeah. um, or just circles with your hips. And again, that can be a really lovely rhythm that you have during contractions. So partners, if she is on that ball but also wants some pressure on her back, make sure she's leaning up against something otherwise yeah. you're gonna push her right off that ball you're gonna send that ball rolling across the room that, that so is... many times i have felt like i need to hold the ball kind of from yeah. an angle and push doesn't sound ideal no. no and then know that there's tubs yeah absolutely if you're having a home birth we recommend getting a tub mm -hmm. um if you're at the hospital check and see if your hospital has a tub you can use mm. birth centers generally have tubs and then don't underestimate the power of the shower. Showers oh, are yeah. great. If you have a detachable shower head that you can put right onto your back, that's awesome yeah. too. Some people like it on their belly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Excellent. Hopefully we've given you a few practical and emotional tools today for how to support your partner in labor. And we, can we just remind you again that you're awesome? Yes. Just be you. Read what your partner is is saying and feeling. Yep. Look at your partner's face and notice if it's time for jokes yep. or distraction or if it's time to be serious and loving and comforting. And here's the homework. If you feel like, yeah, I kind of know, I've, I've read some books, I went to a birth class, I kind of know what birth might entail. Um, excellent. Stop reading. Stop doing all the things and maybe start just paying attention to your partner, mm. so facial expressions. Let's become um, um, experts in Ooh. our partners rather than experts in this process of birth. Oh, Jen. That could be a really helpful, supportive way to be is 
being able to observe what does your partner need and that actually is practice in everyday life it's looking across and noticing facial expressions it's maybe practicing hey uh let me just go get you a cup of water you seem a little dehydrated or maybe not even dehydrated just reminding yourself in these small interactions that you're having during pregnancy these are the things that i want to tune into and notice to prepare for birth yeah, because you guys, this is not the end, right? Yep. This is only the beginning. Yep. You got a baby after this. So. And labor doesn't last forever, folks. It really doesn't. Oh, it's, it's such a short amount of time. It's on a bleep a, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And we're, we're definitely not downplaying this experience, but we also want to remind you, it, parenting, that lasts years and years. <laughs> Birth, hours and hours. And there's a big difference between hours and years, right? So we're not ex negating the experience, but we're really, in the scheme of things, look at it from a bit of an outside perspective, not so focused in. This is not a microscope. This is more the big old scenery that you're seeing. That's right. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everybody, and we hope this was helpful. Please check us out in social media land and send us your comments and questions. We'd love it there. Um, pushing it. Ooh, and we would really love to get a review on iTunes from you. Oh, yeah. That'd be nice. We need some reviews. Yeah. Let us know what you Good think call. of us. Great. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. We believe in you. Where you belong.